Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and exceptional craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What's up, folks? Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes. You know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. You could recite it with me. Sing along at home. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. This is the Jason Martin Show. I am the aforementioned Jason Martin. You can call me Jmart. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can always reach me there. Our telephone number. 877-996-6369. That's 877-99-ON-FOX. Ryan Bershinger, Iowa. Sam, at least, I think, for another week or two before he disappears. Chris Perfett and Brian Finley. The quartet spinning the Dials radio style for me out in Los Angeles. So we've got two NBA playoff games tonight. A very strange ending to one of them. A great performance from Kawhi Leonard and a bad night for Joel Embiid and the 76ers, but we're not going to talk about that first because when the NFL does something, it trumps everything else. And I say that as someone sitting in Nashville, Tennessee, where I do this show from weekly here on Fox Sports Radio, and you know what? I've already buried the lead. 
I always say this, I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and even unreasonable measure, unearned and undeserved. I hope you recognize that you are as well. If you want to have that conversation with me, and a lot of you have done this and taken advantage of it, my Twitter, my DMs are always wide open at Zone. The NFL draft was here this week. Over 200,000 people were here this week, representing all 32 teams, many Titans fans, obviously, but fans of everybody. I saw more jerseys over the past three or four days in this city than I've ever seen before. I did a radio hit for a Fox Sports Radio affiliate in Evansville, Indiana, earlier this week, and they asked me, is there an event that can top this in the state of Tennessee? And I said, honestly, probably not, at least until a new stadium is built and a Super Bowl would be brought here. And that would be the logical next step for Nashville or the ideal final step. Because if you saw it on TV, Nashville was a superstar. I'm not even necessarily talking about the people, I'm talking about the city. And this is what this city does when you bring a large event here. Whether it's CMA Fest, which is of course more on brand for what Nashville used to be. It's now a cultural center that's not just a country music town. But you bring the NHL All-Star Weekend here, we turn out. The Predators play in the environment that other teams classify as the hardest place to play, also the most fun place to play in the NHL, even though the Preds aren't playing right now because, well, they thought that because they were the Preds they could just walk in and win, and they lost, and now they're done. I have said, I tweeted this out the day of the draft, I hope you're paying attention, Vince McMahon, because there's no excuse why a WrestleMania couldn't be here. All the logistics are in place. The other thing that you have here is a multitude of bars and restaurants that have stages in them already, have all of the equipment necessary, all of the connections necessary to make radio shows, television broadcasts, easy to do on location. So Nashville had what you want. But what we noticed this week in this city was that the NFL not only is king, but it is very clearly on the Iron Throne. And we will be talking about Game of Thrones in our Throne Talk segment a little bit later on this evening or this morning. And it's just amazing how they came into this city and took it over. They built things. Tootsie's, a hugely famous bar here in Nashville, was taken over by the NFL Network, basically became an NFL Network staging and set area. All the bars seem to be completely under the control of Roger Goodell and the National Football League. The multitude of people that were here, the security that was here, both on land and on water, if you saw some of those wide shots, they took our bridge, one of our famous bridges around downtown and put monitors with all the teams all over them. They had carts with all the helmets for the 32 teams everywhere. This city looked like what Disney World would be if it were nothing but an NFL theme park. And it's incredible because one thing that I'm going to talk about as we get into the draft itself and where guys went and where guys didn't go and the order of guys and all of that is that we so overrate this thing and now we're looking at it and we can talk about well that team had a great draft we don't know if that team had a great draft and by that team I mean whatever team it was that you thought had a great draft because we saw what these guys did in college it doesn't necessarily mean anything when you get to the pros And if they didn't do all that well in college, and they still were taken high, I'm not sure what the logic is there either. But we're not going to know whether or not X team or Y team had a good draft for about three years. So we're all speculating. 
there are it's amazing in this country how often meteorologists are wrong if you have tried to find a good weather app you know exactly what i'm talking about i don't care what it is dark sky is the one i use if you use carrot weather or whatever and a lot of them use the same algorithms and the same programming on the inside those things are wrong a lot hey rain's gonna come in five minutes no it's actually already pouring and it's gonna stop in five minutes rain's coming for the next hour it's totally sunny outside there's no rain for three days meteorologists are wrong a lot because weather fluctuates and sometimes it's hard to pinpoint it even with great radar the only thing worse in this world at prognostication than meteorologists is another group of folks where prognostication is basically the job and that is being a draft expert they are wrong all the time i have no idea why we get sucked into this every year why is it that we look at these mock drafts and we spend time on radio shows or we spend time in print media or we spend time on the television or on the internet or wherever it is that you consume or imbibe your sporting news why do we look at these and say oh well todd mcshay mocked blah 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 to blah 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 at pick seven because that's not generally how that's going to happen somebody's going to take somebody out of sequence and then that's going to throw everything else into some kind of complete tornadic activity basically i mean there have been years where experts in the draft have gotten like four picks right out of the entire first round yet we sit here and we listen to mel kuyper we listen to mike mayock when he was on tv and we listen to todd mcshay and we listen to all these people tell us things that are not going to happen Mock drafts are only useful in that this is who I would take if I were the Arizona Cardinals. This, if I were the GM of the San Francisco 49ers at two, I would take Nick Bosa. If I was number six and I was the New York Giants, I would take Dwayne Haskins, for example. When we sit here and we listen to these guys say, this is who I think they may take, it's insane. I think I laid this story out for you last week on this very program but I talked to a a coach that had been in the league for decades and I asked him about his draft strategy and I asked him I said who do you think the Tennessee Titans are going to take at 19 and he said he didn't have the first damn clue and then he laid out a story about how he got tunnel vision once when he was a head coach in Arizona and he made the worst drafting decision of his life because he decided oh I've got to apply this pick to this position and he overlooked a lot of other talented people and drafted somebody that they had not fully vetted to fill a need as opposed to really looking at it from a quality standpoint. So we're listening to guys that make hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars telling us things that are absolutely 1,000% going to be wrong. I would much rather us start hearing Mel Kuyper tell me who he would take if he were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five because this is the need that they have. I would take this guy. Don't tell me who you think they're going to take because that is undoubtedly going to be wrong. And I get sucked into it because I find it interesting to listen to mock drafts and listen to draft experts talk, but I would rather them just analyze the players and tell me who's good as opposed to tell me where they're going to end up. There are guys that just absolutely go to town on all of these guys greg cosell who you hear on colin cowherd's show on a pretty regular basis he's a regular here in nashville as well that guy just does nothing but grind film and he can tell you everything about all of these players he's not necessarily going to say that guy's going 12 to the buffalo bills 
He's just going to tell you what that guy would bring to the dance. And then you could say, hey, Buffalo could take him, this team could take him, this team could take him. But I think that we overrate what these experts actually know about the draft. And then further, and maybe a bigger issue is, we then overrate how good a football team is based on a draft when we've never seen these guys in the jerseys they're about to put on. Kyler Murray could be the next coming of whatever great player you want to insert into this. He could also be a bust. We don't know. He was picked number one. There have been some great quarterbacks that have been number one. There have been some mediocre quarterbacks that have gone number one. And there have been guys that now sell used cars for a living and were out of the NFL in you know two or three seasons, if that, that were taken number one. We've seen probably the greatest of all time go late in the draft. We've seen where Russell Wilson went. Uh, You know me. If you do know me, you know I'm not a huge Dak Prescott fan on the field. I think he's a winner. I love him as a person, and I think he can win games for you, but I don't see him as a Super Bowl-level passer. But you were able to get Dak Prescott a little bit later on if you were the Dallas Cowboys, and he has done pretty well for you. None of this is rocket science, but none of this is applied science either. We just don't know. So I think maybe the fascination with the draft is in listening to the people next to you at the bar try to tell you how smart they are. I saw Jonas Knox, my pal here on Fox Sports Radio. You hear him, you love him. Well, maybe you don't, but whatever. He doesn't care. Jonas Knox tweeted out a couple of days ago, everybody in an NFL front office is smarter than you are about football. And I think it's important for us to remember that. It is You, you know that guy that's in your friend group? That comes out and says, man, you know, that guy, my good friend over here, John, John should be a general manager, man. I've never met anybody that knows football like John. I bet you you haven't because you haven't met anybody that knows football. John might know how to wax you in Madden, or he might know how to recruit in NCAA football 14, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to apply to real football. Everybody thinks they're an expert. Everybody thinks that they can do the job that they don't have because they don't know what goes into it. What I do for a living is not the hardest thing in the world. But I, And I've said this, I think, before on this show. Everybody listening, a lot of people listening, think that they can step right here behind this microphone and do three hours in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day or whatever because, man, I love to talk, man. I, I can never shut up. And I got great, I got great takes and all this kind of stuff. It's, there is more that goes into this gig. There's more that goes into the gig of all the guys that I love to death out in L.A. that are helping me sound half-decent on the radio, my crew out there. There is more that goes into every job than you think, and that includes scouts and everything else. But I do just find it so fascinating that we spend so much time looking at mock drafts and where guys are going to go when it never pans out. Like, yeah, the first three, yeah. All that smokescreen, we all knew Kyler Murray was going to Arizona, Nick Bosa to the 49ers made all the sense in the world. Quentin Williams to the Jets did as well. Ain't nobody taking Cleveland Furl at four to the Raiders. Even if he's a great player, and I do think he's a great player. I also think they could have gotten him 20 picks later. And then, of course, Daniel Jones to the New York Giants. And Dave Gettleman at number six. And you know what? I want to talk about Daniel Jones in quite a bit more detail. So we're going to do that when we come back. We are off and rolling. Our telephone number is 877-996-6369. That's 877-99 on Fox. Also, we will definitely talk about these NBA games and a couple of major Warriors contributors 
questionable for game one with Houston. We'll tell you who they are. Coming up, Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my dance, bro. <laughs> Welcome back. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. We are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios in two locales, as always. Satellite studio here in Nashville, Music City, USA, home of the 2019 NFL Draft. And I can report to you that the city is still standing. 
and we're out in Los Angeles, of course, as well with the crew. 877-996-6369. That's 877-99 on Fox. And when you call in, sometimes you'll just cut in with different takes. I know we're going to talk NBA in a little while. I want to talk about Daniel Jones and the NFL draft here momentarily. But let's go ahead and take Rico in Denver, not make him sit there. Denver, home of my Broncos. Rico is on the line. Rico, what's up, my friend? Yeah, I didn't know you liked the Broncos. Yeah, since I was a child, man. That's 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 the oldest. That and the Atlanta Braves are the two oldest sports teams I've ever followed. Well, I'm glad you did say you liked the Broncos because I did want to talk about the Nuggets, but you mentioned earlier we won't know for three years You know who had a good draft. But yeah. being in Denver here, I can tell you what, in Denver the last two years, we just know that we had an adequate draft no matter what because Elway has blown them for like the past mm. seven years. So we're pretty sure we at least, you know, are improving our draft status with our draft. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you, we, get no, we, we got Noah Fant, the tight end, obviously, out of Iowa, the second second tight end out of Iowa that went in the top 20. And then you I get, like him. I, I'm happy with Drew Locke because I'm not a Joe Flacco guy. So even if it takes a little bit of time, I like the idea that, that Elway jumped back up and got Drew Locke, especially where he was he was drafted that was nice value i thought yeah i like the d lineman we got from ohio state yeah. as well he's yeah. gonna be a beast but um as far as drew Locke, that's gonna be pretty decent i don't like flacco either but flacco is just a minuscule upgrade from keenum just in the fact he can air the ball down the field a little bit further but flacco needs a line so if our line gels he'll he's gonna need it because he's getting up there and he's not very mobile but uh, i did <laughs> want to call and talk about um the game tonight with the Nuggets. Sure. Now, sure. I've been in a lot of Nuggets groups. I've been kicked out of three or four groups because I constantly go on there and say, you know what, Nikola Jokic does not play a lot of defense, and you know sometimes he's lazy, and we let teams back in the game when he's either missing shots or making lazy passes. And I think part of the game tonight, people sometimes get uh, mystified by his triple doubles and his stats, but sometimes you know he just he needs to get better on the defensive end. And I want to see if you agree, agree with me on one point. I think Nikola sure. Jokic would be better served if his body wasn't like Edenkupo's, but if he could put on a little bit more muscle, you know, where his biceps and his triceps are, they're they're flat. If he beefed up 10 pounds, he's not going to lose, you know, his agility, like everyone says. Oh, you don't want him to beef up, then he won't be the same player. Don't you? Th- don't you, Wouldn't you agree he needs to gain about maybe 10, 15 pounds and be a little bit, you know, a presence down low for defense and maybe, you know, pushing people out of the way a little bit? I don't think that there's anything wrong with that take, and I appreciate the phone call. I, I think that you got to make sure it's good weight, First of all, because you can gain the bad weight. If you gain the right kind of weight that adds strength to what you're doing on the inside, sure, I think it would help. Now, Jokic was not the liability defensively in this series that many expected him to be, but that is the critique on him. And and look, tonight he was 9 of 26 from the field. That's not particularly efficient. He was 9 of 26 for 21 points. So he scored 21 points and took 26 shots to do it. He gave you 15 rebounds. He gave you 40-plus the other night in a loss in Game 6, and that was a tremendous performance by him. He's a great player. There are guys that are criticized for not playing defense that are in the Hall of Fame right now. I mean, Charles Barkley would be the first to tell you, not a great rebounder. He was a round mound to rebound. And, of course, he was a great offensive player. Some guys are committed to that side and are a liability defensively. Kyrie Irving, terrible. For a long, long time, James Harden was the worst defender in the league. He has turned that around. He's actually a half-decent defender at this point to go along with the fact that he's probably the most unguardable player in the league along with Kevin Durant and maybe Giannis Antetokounmpo. But in terms of Jokic, 
I think he's given you what what you can expect him to give you. Except that nine to twenty six, that's tough. The Spurs should have probably been able to come back and win that game. And we'll talk about that foul here in a little while. But let's talk about Dave Gettleman for a minute. Let's jump back to the NFL draft. Again, 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369 to join me. And you can talk about whatever you want. But Daniel Jones goes six to the Giants. And Dave Gettleman, Dave Gettleman is, it's fascinating. He lets Odell go. He sticks behind Eli Manning seemingly. He lets Snacks Harrison go and then drafts somebody to replace him. He doesn't have a lot of weapons. Saquon Barkley, it's going to be a tough year for Saquon Barkley because he's going to get a lot. He's going to get a huge workload, but I don't know what it is that he's going to be able to do with that workload after the fact. There are people in this world who, even if they are going to make mistakes they are willing to make them in order to try and prove that they know what you don't. Dave Gettleman is a guy who, it's almost as if he would rather believe, or rather have you believe, that he is smarter than everybody else in the world than he would actually make cogent decisions. Now this is on brand for Dave Gettleman. This Daniel Jones pick is actually on brand because he doesn't build from the quarterback. He builds from the interior. He builds from the line backwards, offensive line and defensive line. And he wants a quarterback that's not going to make a whole lot of mistakes, but he doesn't need the flashy guy. That's kind of the way that Dave Gettleman has always built teams. But to take Daniel Jones at six... There is the argument that if you have a quarterback that you are just completely, totally in love with, then you take him. If you think he is your guy, then you take him. And you don't screw up and maybe somebody comes in and grabs him at 14 and you're screwed waiting until your next pick at 17. But there's also bidding against yourself. I thought the Jags did that with Nick Foles, overpaying him in a market where I don't think anybody else was going to give him that much money. And then I think Dave Get- uh, Dave Gettleman did it right here with Daniel Jones. Now, I'm not going to sit here and bury Daniel Jones as a football player, although I will tell you the last game that he played that I saw him play, he got beat 59-7 to by Wake Forest. That's Wake Forest. They're not very good. And you could say, well, well, he had nobody around him. He was playing at Duke. Right, he was playing at Duke. He wasn't playing at Ohio State. He wasn't playing at USC. He wasn't playing at Alabama. He wasn't playing at Clemson. He wasn't playing at Penn State. He wasn't playing at Oklahoma because he couldn't play there. I would imagine that had something to do with it. You have to look at where he's playing in regard to where he decided to go to school as well as what's around him. So Daniel Jones, who seemingly just erupted from the ether. There are guys that that have been doing this over the past handful of years in the NFL or in college football in the year before they are drafted, that you've never heard of before. Like, when did you first hear of Daniel Jones? Like, actually ask yourself that question. Have you been watching him for the last two or three years? No. How many games have you seen him play? How many analysts on TV have you heard discussing Daniel Jones during the actual football season? Then we get to the offseason, and... All of a sudden, Daniel Jones is everywhere. 
and oh, this this guy could be a a first round draft pick. He could be in the top half, maybe of the first round, if the right general manager is there, and the right general manager was in the case of Dave Gettleman, Mitch Trubisky. A couple of years ago at North Carolina, I saw him play in a Sun Bowl, lost to Stanford, but he he looked very good in that game, and he could throw the ball really well for the Tar Heels. But Mitchell Trubisky's another guy. Nobody was talking about Mitchell Trubisky the year before that year. These are one-year wonders, it seems like. And in, in even so, you just become enamored with it because the NFL is such a quarterback-driven league that for whatever reason, all reason goes out the window. All logic just goes out the window. Oh, well, this quarterback, this guy could be can't miss. Yeah, he could be. He could also definitely be can miss. I'm not rooting against Daniel Jones. I'd love to see him play well, especially because he's pretty much this year's Josh Allen. He's the guy everybody's just like, are you kidding me? When he was picked, I was sitting in the press conference room downtown at the NFL draft, and the entire room just went, oh, and about 20 seconds before the pick, Joel Klatt tweeted out, you are not going to believe the Giants draft pick, and he already knew. He didn't say what it was, and then it was Daniel Jones, and everybody lost their minds, because everybody in the room was just, okay, here comes Dwayne Haskins. Here goes Dwayne Haskins, and then it was Daniel Jones. And I felt like Dave Gettleman was just betting against himself. Dave Gettleman wanted to be the smartest man in the room. And so he thinks that he has somehow figured something out that no one else has. Maybe he's worried about the Washington Redskins taking him, even though every indicator said, look, Daniel Snyder's son went to high school with Dwayne Haskins. Daniel Snyder sat in on exactly one pre-draft interview and conversation. Dwayne Haskins. It was very apparent. And Dwayne Haskins, of course, being from Washington and from that area. That's who he wanted. They didn't have to trade up to get him. And then you get the the added bonus of us getting to watch, potentially, Daniel Jones versus Dwayne Haskins in the NFC East with the Giants and the Redskins both drafting those guys. And so Gettleman's going to have the opportunity... To either prove everybody wrong or prove them all right and anger every fan in New York in the process because they're going to have to see the guy that I think most of them wanted in Dwayne Haskins twice a year, if not more, depending on the postseason. So that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. But Dave Gettleman just comes across as the guy that just wants to tell you how smart he is and he wants to show you how smart he is. And a lot of times, when that happens, somebody falls flat on their face. They prove the opposite. Sometimes the obvious answer is the right answer. Daniel Jones might end up being the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. I have my doubts. But Gettleman taking him at six... I have a tremendous amount of doubt about because there was not a soul that was going to jump into that spot to take Daniel Jones away from Dave Gettleman. So we'll see how it plays out. We don't know right now. All I know is that Daniel Jones seemed to come out of absolutely nowhere. No one had ever really talked about him before. And because he has the David Cutcliffe you know, magic spell around him. 
he was perfect because Eli and Peyton both said, hey, that guy right there is really good. Dave Gettleman watched him play three series at the Senior Bowl, and that was enough for him to know that's a great football player. He said he bloomed in love with Daniel Jones watching him do three series in basically an exhibition game. That's the general manager of the New York Giants. The New York Giants have become the New York Knicks. Enjoy that. Enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy this. Let's bring in Brian Finley. Let's check in on those playoff games, some draft info, who knows what else. Let's go out to Los Angeles and get the latest from Brian Finley. Brian, take it away. Hey, thank you so much, JC. No, speaking of questionable decisions, a, a mindless mistake decimates the Spurs. San Antonio declined to foul down four with about 30 seconds to go, and the Nuggets triumph 90-86 to take the Western Conference first-round series on Saturday. Denver's Nikolai Jokic, triple-double, 21 points, 15 rebounds, 10 assists, with zero turnovers. DeMar DeRozan, prone to underachieving in the postseason, shot 1 for 10 in the first half, and he tried to explain the Spurs' lack of game awareness at the end. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know um, L.A. was far up top, top of key. Um, I'm not sure if they heard him. You know, um, we were so down low, we couldn't leave our man to go foul and give up a layup, and you know, before we tried anything, it was a little bit too late. As Spurs fans, oh. I, I cannot imagine how you are feeling. And man, he, hey Brian, he said L.A. He's talking about Lamarcus Aldridge. Sounded more like a Laker right there. Yeah, exactly. Both of them done for the year. Exactly. And you know, Jason, unlike San Antonio, you know, quite Leonard had his head oh, yeah. in the game. Boasted a career playoff 545 points, 11 rebounds as the Raptors skewer the 76ers, 108-95. Joel Embiid held to 16 points, and Marcus Sull did a number on Embiid defensively. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. NHL playoffs on Saturday. The Stars beat the Blues 4-2 to tie their series at 1. The Blue Jackets upstage the mistake-prone Bruins 3-2 in double overtime. It's 1-1 in their series. And, Jason, I saw you retweeted Josh Rosen, his goodbye speech to the Cardinals fans. And, you know, Rosen has every right to be upset during the turbulent offseason he had, but just thought what a classy move for him. And even congratulating Kyler Murray and offering him a place to stay when he gets to Phoenix. Yeah, Brian, no doubt. We're going to play that audio a little bit later on. I want to talk about Josh Rosen and, and what a classy, smart move that was on on every single level. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance. Well, with GEICO, go to GEICO.com. That's the website. Call 800-947-AUTO. That's the phone number and the only hard part, figuring out which way of those is easier. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio, 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. Daniel Jones, number six to the New York Giants. As Dave Gettleman again wants to prove he is smarter than the average bear and smarter than every bear, I guess. He thinks he, he must, he, this, he has to be, he has to think he knows something no one else in the world does because there was nobody else in I don't know. Any universe? We've got the Avengers Endgame, and we'll talk about that later on in the show. Whatever universe it is, whatever planet Captain Marvel is on right now trying to save, there's still nobody on that planet that would have taken Daniel Jones at six. 
uh jason okay i i think i think i might have figured this out here um first i hate giving daniel snyder credit for anything but i think it's the redskins played the heck out of the giants well, by uh, making them think they wanted Daniel Jones? Yeah, yeah. I legit, because, uh, so a couple days ago, Ralph Facciano of uh, SNY reported that the Giants were absolutely convinced that Jones wouldn't be available at number 17 and that the Redskins were working to trade up for a shot at him. In fact, they were even, uh, the, the source told uh, Facciano that the Giants were even sweating out the first few picks of the draft, worried that Jones wouldn't even make it to six. They thought the Redskins were trying to trade up with the Jets or Raiders for the, the third or fourth pick to take Jones for themselves. Because apparently there was that, that report earlier in the week that the the uh, the Redskins coaching staff was pushing for Jones while Snyder in the front office was pushing for Haskins. And maybe by leaking that information out there, it freaked out the Giants enough that they felt like they had to do this. But see, I what's weird about that is, did you really think Daniel Jones was going to be a Redskin? I didn't. No, I never did. No. And I mean, you said Daniel Snyder was was behind Dwayne Haskins, and ultimately Daniel Snyder overruled the football people. That was a story that you read that he wanted Dwayne Haskins, and so he got Dwayne Haskins. Last I checked, he owns the team. If he wants that guy, he's going to get that guy. So as soon as you find out, well, Daniel Snyder wants this guy. Well, Daniel Snyder's going to win this fight. Jay Gruden might not love him, and if you heard his press conference, it was a little bit weird. When they asked, will Dwayne Haskins have a chance to start? And his response was, well, he was picked number 15 in the draft, so so he's going to get an opportunity. Like, he didn't sound particularly thrilled about it. And Dwayne Haskins, I think people are making too much out of Haskins saying that the league done messed up and he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's trying to motivate himself. He thought he was probably a top 10 pick. He thought maybe he would go six to the Giants. But I heard Dan Patrick say, well, he doesn't sound like he won Washington. That's his hometown. I don't think that's necessarily it. I just think he wanted to go higher in the draft. And there are some people that just need the extra motivation. I, I Look, if you're going 15 in the first round, and really all we saw from Dwayne Haskins was one year at Ohio State, a 50-touchdown year, Ohio State does not have a wonderful history of producing great pro quarterbacks. I think Dwayne Haskins might be one. I think he might be able to play. He's deadly accurate to his right. He's the opposite to his left. He is suddenly or or certainly a pocket passer. He's not a runner, Stephen A. Smith. But and did you notice Stephen A. Smith was the one that tweeted out, "Don't even get me started about the darn Giants taking Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins." Yeah, I'd probably keep that one out your mouth. Like, Stephen A. Smith, look, if you do this long enough, you're going to screw up and say dumb things. I do it. Last week with my Discover read, for example. But let's be real here. That might be one I'd leave alone. I wouldn't all of a sudden start talking about what a great pocket passer Dwayne Haskins is after you talked about how he was a runner. And that dude threw 50 touchdowns. It's probably the least athletic quarterback in the entire draft class this year in terms of being able to run and that being his game. But Dwayne Haskins clearly wanted he didn't want everybody else to hear he had a chip on his shoulder he wanted to say he had a chip on his shoulder because that's how he felt also pretty brilliant or pretty great video of watching Dwayne Haskins as Daniel Jones was picked at six and just kind of chuckling to himself and making no move at all and just kind of having the phone in front of his face there his smartphone Dwayne Haskins seems like he really thinks he's good and he wants to prove it and a lot of the guys that believe that end up being real good. So he does have a little bit of 
extra fuel there, whether it's sort of manufactured or not, if he can make himself believe it, it doesn't matter. I mean, Tom Brady was talking about how everybody thought we sucked. Remember that during the playoffs and how everybody that, that the Patriots were definitely going to get beat, weren't even going to make the playoffs? I don't know who it was that was saying that, that they sucked. They might have been saying they could get beat, which they could. It took them overtime to get by the Chiefs. But they're still New England Patriots. But Tom Brady is still trying to find bulletin board material. Still trying to find ways to motivate himself, despite the fact that he has, I don't know, 40 rings at this point. Nick Saban and Alabama, they've always got bulletin board material. They're just teams that are kind of made made that way. And I think Dwayne Haskins might be one of those guys. But I would not make much of him saying that the league done messed up, meaning I don't want to play in Washington. I think he would have played anywhere. I think he kind of hoped that the Redskins would go up, maybe above the Giants, to try to go to five and get him. He just wanted to go higher in the draft because that number meant a lot to him. But he's going to be fine. And I think he's going to be a good quarterback, too. Redskins needed somebody because there is a pipe dream out there that Alex Smith is going to come back and play football. I don't know if that's going to happen. And if he does, what is he going to be? I mean, that injury was catastrophic and hard to even talk about much less watch and you feel so bad for Alex Smith because he composed himself so well as a pro in San Francisco when he lost that gig originally and certainly after having the number one QBR and passer rating in the league and getting shipped out for Patrick Mahomes basically to Washington but that dude's not going to play again or if he does he's not he's I don't know what he could possibly have left Colt McCoy is on that roster Colt McCoy can't make it four quarters without getting hurt that's unfortunate but it's true he just can't and then you got case keenum i talked to the caller rico a little while ago denver guy and i mentioned i was a broncos fan case keenum's a backup so dwayne haskins regardless of whether jay gruden wanted him or not or the football people wanted him i think dwayne haskins gonna be your best option that dude's gonna be starting in the nfl by the fifth week of this season. You can book that. We'll be right back to finish off the hour. 877-996-6369. That's 877-99 on Fox. Jason Martin Show coming back here on Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Final segment, hour number one, Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio, Nationwide. Glad to have you with us. Thank you for joining me. You can find me online at jmartzone on Twitter. I'm Jason Martin. We are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. You can listen to this program at foxsportsradio.com, iHeartRadio app. You can catch it however you want, honestly. Our telephone number is 877-996-6369. That's 877-99 on Fox here in Nashville, Tennessee. Home of the 2019 NFL Draft. And good luck doing it better than Music City just did it. Now, Vegas is going to be a party. That's going to be really great. As many have said, the NFL taking the draft on the road to all these cities is such a good move. It becomes... It does. It becomes like a rock concert. It becomes like Woodstock that moves around, and it's already a sport that you love, and it's a league that, well, you might not love Roger Goodell, but you're watching the NFL, and the ratings are always through the roof. And so it just becomes this wild party among a lot of people that love what you love. But I can tell you there were a lot of people downtown in Nashville this week that just wanted to be there they wanted to say they were there because who knows if it comes back or when it comes back 
but you want to take your kids there or you want to take your family there, you want to be there. You want to take some photos because it's a story that you can go tell. Hey, this is when I was with 200,000 other people on Broadway downtown watching the NFL draft. And it rained and it poured on Thursday night. Didn't stop anybody. The weather was great for the rest of the weekend. I did not read or hear about a whole lot of incidents. I didn't see a bunch of people stumbling around drunk. It just seemed like a great time. And Nashville did a great job. And the NFL did a great job. And it was a tremendous event. And it's going to be really hard to duplicate because there are just not a lot of places in this country that have aesthetics and have just a way to do this the way Broadway looks. Like if you saw all the shots and all of the, you know, the the cameras that are just flying through and everything else, the aerial shots, there's just not a lot of places that can do it like that. It was it really was tremendous. So kudos to the NFL for the entire experience and everything that they did, and the city is still standing, so that's a positive. Let's go out to Jacksonville, who had boy, Jaguars had themselves a nice draft. But look, I said off the top I was not gonna say that and no one should. On paper they had a good they had a good draft. Let's go to Gary in Jacksonville. Gary, what's up? Good morning, Jason. Well, I'm a Dolphins fan, anyhow, so I don't really Well, you should be happy, Jags. man. I, I think Josh yeah. Rosen can play. I, I think you guys did very, very well. Oh, I just got hammered by Jonas because uh, uh, questioning uh, you know, Daniel Jones, he said, uh, well, these GMs, they know a lot more than you do. I'm sure he would have said the same thing about uh, Phil Jackson when he took over the Knicks, too. And it uh, seems like... Oh yeah, he would have known a lot more basketball than me. How'd that go with Phil Jackson? Just because a guy is paid a lot of money doesn't mean he's good. There's bad, there's bad people at every position. Jason, look at, forget Haskins. Say he did like D- Daniel Jones. You could have had an elite pass rusher. Yeah, and Josh Allen at six, gone back and uh, and he, he even you know. He could have got. Uh, yeah, no. Look, I know. I know exactly Lock, what you're. I know. Yeah. Seventeen. You could have. You could have. If you love Daniel Jones, nobody, you think Daniel Jones was, is great. Nobody was going to take Daniel Jones at seventeen. He said, "Well, you don't know what could have happened. Somebody could have moved up again. No one was going to move up and take Daniel Jones in the first. Probably not. Ninety-nine. Probably not, Jason. No, I, I don't but, disagree with you. I, I really but, don't disagree with you. But moving on to my Dolphins, I loved Elkins because those those constant defensive linemen are just beasts. I love. Uh, we're getting to the end of the hour, my friend. We're, we're going to talk about Josh Rosen. I really do want to talk about that. We've got to talk some NBA playoffs. I've got a lot to say about Tyreek Hill. Plus, we've got Game of Thrones. We've got Avengers. We got pro wrestling. We got all of it still to come. Hour number two, straight ahead. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my Hour number two, Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. You can call me jmart. You can also call me at 877-996-6369. That's 877-99 on Fox. We emanate live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Ryan Bershinger, Iowa Sam, Chris Perfett. And Brian Finley, my quartet, spinning the dials radio style for me tonight, doing a great job. Hat tip to Doc Thompson for that line, by the way. Chris Perfett told me during the break, he thinks his last name is pronounced Perfett. And I said, well, if you don't know, then we're in trouble. Because I certainly don't know. And then all, I told him I'm not going to mess it up once I get it right. We're always Chris, thinking. I got it right, right? It's, it's Perfett, right? Yes, and I'm always thinking. And that's why I think that it's Perfett. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate that you're thinking. This is an intelligent show 
We're going to try and raise your IQ as you listen to us in the middle of the night. It is 4 o'clock on the East Coast. It is 1 o'clock if you're, I don't know, would you be leaving a club out in L.A. at 1 or are you still at the club? No, I'm not really a club guy. So is everybody out there until 2 or 3? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're still going at 1. I think you, most closing hours are like 2 or so. Yeah, I think uh, most bars actually, yeah, 2 I think has become like the universal closing time, which I feel like it's kind of early on the weekends um, out in L.A. But, I mean, you can find places that like open at 3, but... Um, they're they're very uh vibrant it feels universally early i remember when i was in philadelphia i think last call was 4 a.m so yeah there you go there you go well if you went to a let me see if i can get this right 10 o'clock showing of avengers endgame out in los angeles welcome to the audience that's right right like three hours is that movie we'll talk about it a little bit later on let's talk about the nba playoffs here for a second and I, I want to frame this a little bit differently because the Raptors beat the 76ers 108-95. And I want to talk about this. Actually, you know what? Let's talk about Denver and San Antonio first. The Nuggets win Game 7 90-86. They're up four with about 30 seconds left. And nobody fouls. And everybody's like, well, why is Pop not asking the Spurs to foul? And then you find out, well, he was. He's like screaming his head off trying to get LaMarcus Aldridge to foul. And you heard DeMar DeRozan call him L.A. and said, L.A. for some reason couldn't hear Popovich. He didn't foul. Can I ask just a simpler question? The people that are like, Popovich, how do you not have your team fouling with 27 seconds left or whatever it was? I mean, these guys are pros last time I checked. Like, they're making millions of dollars to play basketball on the highest level and they're in the playoffs. And you're down four. That is two possessions. LaMarcus Aldridge is a multi-time all-star, smart guy, and a really good, ba- really good player. And he doesn't foul. And you're looking over at Popovich and you're saying, why aren't you getting your guys to foul? I'm going to look at LaMarcus Aldridge and anybody else wearing a Spurs uniform and say, why aren't you fouling? I'm going to take the middleman out in this scenario. Does Greg Popovich, hell, does Luke Walton, does Tyron Lue, who's a really bad coach? Does Bill Fitch, I mean, I don't know. Does any coach, does Coach K, does Tony Bennett, does any basketball coach in that scenario have to tell their team to foul? You do have to stop the clock, right? I tweeted this out at Jmart Zone right before this show began. This ain't singular wireless, folks. There are not rollover minutes that exist from past games where there's going to be added time on the clock and you can just keep playing defense. Like when the clock goes to triple zero, that's the end of the game if it's in the fourth quarter. This is something that's relatively rudimentary, I think. Something that all of us understand, all of us know, if you happen to be lame enough to be stumbling out of a club on the West Coast too early because it's just not been your night, but you also imbibed a little bit along the way, so you're drunk, you still know that with 27 seconds left in the game, you're down four. You're probably going to have to foul if you don't get a steal, right? LaMarcus Aldridge is a smart veteran player. And everybody's saying, why Why is Popovich not asking them to foul? No. Why is LaMarcus Aldridge not fouling? Did he? These are things that we should know already. I talked about it last year when I was on OutKick and, and certainly my show here in Nashville as well. I, I talked about Urban Meyer. And this is a very crude, serious example to make a similar point. There are things that we just know in this world, right? 
We know where the out-of-bounds lines are in sports. We know, we should know, and I think that Tyreek Hill is another example, another serious example of this, but when I was talking about Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer's initial response about the Zach Smith thing bothered me just because he said, you know, it's a young couple and they are going, you know, they're going to learn. One of the things that I think we know innately is that we're not supposed to hit women, right? Like, I don't think that that's something that you have to be taught. It's not something that you have to grow to find out. And I think the same thing is true here about LaMarcus Aldridge. He's got to know that you've got a foul in this situation. Somebody that's been in the league as long as he has, but high school players probably know. With that time, they should be looking over to the sideline and either being told not to foul or just getting the obvious nod, yes, go foul. That would have been a lot more advisable here. The Spurs are down four, and guess what? They lost by four. Nuggets move on in seven. 90-86, 90-86, they're going to play Portland and Dame Lillard. I said after Damian Lillard hit the shot heard around the world to knock out the Oklahoma City Thunder from 38 feet the other night, I hope they win the whole thing. I really do. That shot, the fact that he's made it consistently, that he's practiced it, I pretty much think it's him and Steph Curry that can make shots like that. And he took it, knew he was going to make it, made it, sent the Thunder home, And the Blazers, even without Nurkic. And when he went down, everybody thought the season was over. And it's not. And here comes Portland. Denver's fun to watch and all. But Portland, I want to see Lillard and McCollum. I want to see these boys in the Western Conference Finals against either Houston or Golden State. I teased and did not pay off in the first hour that there are two guys questionable for Golden State in Game 1. They may both play. But Steph Curry turned his ankle... And that happens, and that always scares you to death when it's him. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are both listed as questionable, and that's what Steve Kerr said in his availability yesterday. If they don't play, I mean, Durant's having, I mean, Durant had 50, and he could have had 75 or 80 if he had just kept on going the way he did in that first half. I mean, that first half was, that thing was a masterpiece. That thing could be hung in the Louvre. And maybe he could just do that again. They've already out, you know, Cousins is already out, so they've had to move somebody off the bench. It's shortened their bench. They're not the Warriors of old. They are flipping the switch, but they just don't seem to be having nearly as much fun playing together. It's not as cohesive as it once was. As I'm not sure who it was that came up with this joke originally, but why, but after I say this, if you have not heard this joke, try to watch this player do this thing without thinking about what I'm about to tell you. Draymond Green always looks like he's shooting three-pointers wearing a backpack. Seriously. Like, look at his shot and look at the way his body is structured. You can almost see an East Pack or a Jan Sport like hanging off that thing. And he's not very good right now offensively. Can the Warriors get beat? They sure can. Harden, we'll see what kind of what kind of motor he's got in this series and we'll see how long this series goes the fact that golden state had to go a little bit longer before they were able to polish off the clippers and all credit all respect in the world to doc rivers this team played so hard montrell's harrell lou williams coming off the bench just playing out of their gourds and if you look at the salaries that they're going to make next year I mean, this could be the best value in the entire NBA right now. 
And I, I've wondered for a long time, you hear Charles Barkley in particular talk about Lou Williams. You've heard about it for years, that that dude's a pure scorer. He can come off the bench, get you 25. It's like, he, it seems like he should have been more coveted as a guy for a team that needs scoring. And for some reason, teams let him go. And then the next team he goes to, he does the same thing. What he did with the Clippers, I'm not surprised at all with how well he played in this series against Golden State. They advanced, but Lou Williams just did what Lou Williams does. Scores, makes plays, helps a team win. But Doc Rivers, that that is a truly incredible job that he did this year. Maybe the best coaching job he's ever done. Because that team didn't have a ton of talent, not on paper. And they, they played their guts out. They played their souls out. They didn't have to flip a switch at all. They showed up and they won two games. They beat Golden State in Golden State. Golden State, which, look, the Oracle is not what it once was. Not because the team is not what it once was, but because it's become corporate and they've priced out the average fan. And that happens in buildings all across this country. It's very interesting how what it was that made your atmosphere your atmosphere changes because of the almighty dollar. Because you want to make more money, those ticket prices start to go up. The secondary market price is out the average fan. Who is it that's making the noise? It's not the corporations. It's not the ones that are dropping $500 to get ducats to sit in the upper deck. It's not those guys. It's the everyman and his family that go there and get a couple of sodas and sit there and just cheer till they have no voice. So it's not as loud in Oracle, I don't think, anywhere close as it was a couple of years ago. That atmosphere was organic. Once what's organic becomes them trying to draw it out, once what's organic becomes contrived, once the other way to say it, this is the easier way to say it, what once was authentic is now artificial. Artificial sucks compared to authenticity, at least. So you've lost a little bit of the mojo of that building. And along with it, the team is just not what it once was. We'll see what happens in the offseason. I, I don't know exactly what is going to happen. But Denver advances past San Antonio, and I continue to say, don't put that on Popovich. LaMarcus Aldridge has to know to foul there. Anybody in his position knows you've got a foul. At the very least, he didn't need to have to hear Pop. He should have just glanced over to his right, and he would have gotten the answer he needed. But I was stunned just watching them just let the clock die. It's like Denver could have just run out the clock in that case. And then on the other side, we've got the Raptors and the Sixers. Raptors win at 108-95. Tremendous day for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is showing that he is still probably one of the top five players in the NBA. Great defensively, super efficient offensively. Goes 16 of 23 from the field. 10 of 11 from the line. 45 and 11 if you need him. Just two turnovers in the game in 38 minutes. And if there's one team in the league that he owns, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Sixers. Ben Simmons plays awful against him. Now in this game, Ben Simmons was 7 of 8 from the field for 14 points. That's not that impressive in terms of 14 points. He only had one free throw attempt, and guess what? He missed it because that's something else he doesn't do particularly well. But Embiid can't go 5 for 18. And you can credit the defense of Mark Gasol, who, even though he only scored 8 points, he made Embiid's life very difficult down low. 
But Ben Simmons is going to have to somehow get over this demon that is Kawhi Leonard, or this might be a pretty short series. History is something else I want to discuss because, oh, the Raptors actually won the first game of a playoff series. They don't ever do that. Yes, they don't as a franchise. But don't overrate history. They, the Toronto Raptors, they with Kawhi Leonard, they've only lost one first-round game or opening game in a playoff series, the last round. Kawhi, this team is not the same team because a lot of that history has to do with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry playing together, and that was not a particularly good mix when the games really mattered in the postseason. Kawhi Leonard seems to be a completely different animal. I don't know if he's going to stay in Toronto. My heart tells me probably not. But I'm not surprised at all that they won this game. The Sixers, I don't think they had any better chance to win game one than they do game two. I think this this should be a good series, but the Sixers do not strike me as a team that has a tremendous amount of heart. They seem to feel a little bit entitled the way that they operate. And all the joking and the fouls and all the things that happen against Brooklyn, that ain't going to happen against the Raptors. It's not going to happen against Lowry, who only gave you nine points in this game, and they still won by 13 because Leonard gave you 45 and Siakam gave you 29. That is 74 combined points between those two guys. Lowry's an all-star, nine points, four of ten. That's what he does. That is what he does in early games and in playoff series. That's the Kyle Lowry we know. And usually the Kyle Lowry we know after that is the one that will give you a terrible game and then it will show up and give you 20. So you may have missed an opportunity if you're the Sixers to take advantage of a bad Kyle Lowry game. I don't think we're going to see a bad, maybe we'll see an average, we're not going to see a bad Kawhi Leonard game in this series. That dude knows how to dominate the 76ers. And they just do not have anybody that can deal with him. And he is a terror defensively. So this could be, it should be a great series. And you look at it, these are the four teams you expected in the East the whole year. Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Raptors. This might be a short series. I'm not going to overreact to one game, and especially a road game for the Sixers. But if the Raptors were to go up 2-0, I just don't think the Sixers are, are going to win two in a row after that. So it's possible that that series is 3-1, and then the Sixers either have to win three in a row, or it's going to be a five or six game series. My head tells me that's exactly what's going to happen. But what a night for Kawhi Leonard. 45-11. and 11. Just two turnovers. 10 of 11 from the line. 16 of 23 from the field. Just a virtuoso performance from him. And the Raptors are 1-0 over the 76ers. I really want to talk about Tyreek Hill. But I also want to talk about Jeffrey Simmons. Mississippi State defensive tackle that the Tennessee Titans selected at 19. And I don't want to talk about it because he was selected to the team in the city I do this show from. I want to do a new segment. When we come back after we do our update out in Los Angeles, we'll talk some pro wrestling. But I want to come off the top rope on somebody in media in the next segment. Somebody I like and somebody I respect. But a network got this thing entirely wrong. I'll tell you what that thing is, and I'll tell you who did it. Next, Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. 
Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, bro. <laughs> Welcome back live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios to Jason Martin show here on FSR. I'm Jay Mart. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone, 877-996-6369, on Fox to join me. Crew out in LA as well. All right, so this is a story you might not know a whole lot about, or maybe you do. But Jeffrey Simmons is a defensive tackle for Mississippi State, or was. Now he is a Tennessee Titan, selected number 19 overall. And his story is complicated. 
And with this week and Tyreek Hill news, I think it's pretty interesting. And makes it a little bit more difficult as well. But we're going to start to do some new segments on this show. And we're going to start to do them tonight and going forward, certainly. I'm excited about all of them. And even though the next segment is going to be about WWE and pro wrestling, which we'll do every week, and we have done for the past couple of weeks on this show, this particular segment is where I'm just going to rant and I'm going to go after somebody. And usually I'm probably going to go after the performance and not the performer. And in this case, the performer is somebody I have a lot of respect for and think is very good at his job and handled something extremely poorly that I wrote about yesterday, put about 3,000 words into it as a matter of fact, and it relates to the Jeffrey Simmons draft pick and a certain four-letter network named ESPN. So, how about we go off the top rope? Look out! Look out! J Mart's coming off the top rope. So Jeffrey Simmons was selected number 19. Jeffrey Simmons repeatedly punched a woman back in 2016 on video. You can find the video online. It's tough to watch. Hits her in the face. And if you watch the entire video, Jeffrey Simmons, who I think at the time, I mean, this is before he went to Mississippi State, so he was a young man. He separates two women from this other woman, which is, you know, stepping in and and trying to stop an altercation. And then it escalates, and he decides to punch her while she's down several times in the face. And it's bad. It's really bad. He's a 6'4 and a half, 310 pound defensive tackle, and she is a defenseless woman on the ground. The story surrounding this is that it's his mother and his sister are the other two. And he was kind of trying to protect his family. And this woman had been engaged in longtime bad blood with that family and had been kind of terrorizing them in many respects. I'm not saying that that excuses it. It doesn't. I'm just contextualizing it for you and letting you know the background. It is not just fair, but absolutely fair on every level to bring this up as the draft process is going on. And it was brought up. There was some controversy when Dan Mullen allowed him to go to Mississippi State in the first place to give him a second chance. And Jeffrey Simmons made the most of it. His first semester on campus, he got a 4.0. Maintained a high GPA the whole time he was in school. Did everything right. Owned it. I've talked about You've heard me on this show go in depth about the best way to overcome failure or difficulty is not to excuse it or push it under the rug but to own it to take responsibility for it to make it part of your story but not all of your story and how America loves a redemption story so what is the responsibility of the media in this situation I feel like there's a word that has been lost in our lexicon and I blame social media And I blame the rise of debate shows and the time when we started making media personalities into celebrities in this country for a lot of this. And that word is nuance. Because, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, nuance doesn't sell. Extremes sell. Fox News sells on one side. MSNBC sells on the other side. John Oliver works on one end. 
Rush Limbaugh works on the other end. The guys in the middle are the guys you don't listen to as much. Now, nobody's going to listen to a sports talk host that's totally milk toast. At least not for very long. Somebody that has no opinions. You listen to this show to hear my opinions, whether or not you agree with them or disagree with them. You either want to agree with me because you like me, or you want to find places where you disagree with me so that that can back up the fact that you don't like me. You go back to Private Parts and the famous scene with Pig Vomit, who was asking the ratings people, why is it that the people that don't like Howard Stern are listening to him in even higher numbers than the ones that do, and for more time? And the answer was to hear what he's going to say next. And that there is a lot to that. There are people that have made a darn good living in media being hated intentionally to try and build an audience. I'm not trying to do that. I never will. So it's fair, again, for anybody to question this Jeffrey Simmons situation and point it out when he gets drafted. What's not fair, however, and again, this is a guy I respect and like, But Trey Wingo screwed this thing up six ways from Sunday, as did the network that allowed what happened immediately following that draft pick to take place. So I got to come off the top rope on him and drop an elbow. As soon as Jeffrey Simmons was picked at 19, immediately we go to a one-shot of Trey Wingo saying, we need to have a conversation about Jeffrey Simmons. All of a sudden, Trey Wingo decided he wanted to channel George Clooney who was Edward R. Murrow in Good Night and Good Luck. All of a sudden, Trey Wingo wanted to become Mike Wallace or Diane Sawyer or somebody on a news magazine, and he wanted to go in-depth. Not one highlight of Jeffrey Simmons was shown for, I don't know, five minutes while Trey Wingo laid out this case in excruciating detail, and guess what? They played the video after caveating it and trying to explain it, but it was all a bunch of back-ended compliments. There was no nuance here. It was, have you ever heard the Chris Rock bit? And I'm sure you have, the bring the pain bit. I'm not saying he should have killed her, but I understand. In some respects, this reminded me of that. Because it was, okay, here is a fact about this case that's kind of disturbing, but here is something that could explain it. But again, here's these facts. It's like nothing was presented without a caveat that framed it negatively. And again, no highlights, no talk about his football skills. He also tore his ACL back in February, and even that was a secondary storyline. This whole thing was incident, 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 incident. Oh, by the way, he also tore his ACL. He's probably not even going to play this year. And if he he does, he's going to be really, really good. He's probably got top five talent in the league. Incident, 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 incident. This is badly handled. NFL Network didn't do it this way. ABC didn't do it this way. Fox Sports Radio and Joe Klatt and those guys, they didn't do it this way. You should balance what you're doing in the media. What is your responsibility? Well, it's not to basically do what I think was a glorified hit job on a guy that, by every single indication, has done everything right since the worst day of his life. None of us want to be judged by the worst mistake that we ever made. And look, sometimes you can't come back from those mistakes. All Jeffrey Simmons did was become a model student athlete, 
not just his coaches at Mississippi State vouched for him. As soon as they went to Booger McFarland and finally let somebody else talk on the ESPN set, Booger McFarland looked dead into the camera and said, everyone I've talked to within the SEC, everyone in the media that's covered him, everyone that's had any encounter with this guy said that he is a model human being. I heard his press conference. And here's another point. And look, his press conference was amazing. You buy into it. But I want to make one other point that ESPN didn't make. You know how many female owners there are in the NFL? The answer would be one. It's Amy Adams Strunk of the Tennessee Titans. The one female general manager in the NFL is the one that selected the guy who's on video punching a defenseless woman three years ago. Don't you think that might have been an intriguing, fascinating balance point that you could make while you're just going over and over about this controversy because controversy creates cash controversy attainment is basically what this was it's not nearly as flashy just to talk about his football skills when you got this media story you've got to go after it and so for multiple minutes i'm thinking it had to have been close to five minutes it was trey wingo going all in So I think vilify Jeffrey Simmons and not provide any balance. You can say whatever you want and you can have whatever opinion you want, but you do have the responsibility in that chair, in that moment. And again, I love Trey Wingo. I think he's really good at what he does. I've been a fan of his for a long, long time, but he got this thing wrong. And whoever it was with ESPN, and the other thing was they clearly had this thing prepared. This was something they knew they were going to do as soon as he was taken. The video was queued up. Everything was set in motion. They went to that one shot immediately. They knew what was coming. This was handled badly. Jeffrey Simmons' moment was robbed from him. He's done so much to try and overcome this. It's always going to be part of his story. The good and the bad in our lives are always going to be part of the story. They always are. We know this, right? But they're not the whole damn story. Thank God for that. They are not the whole story. So, Trey Wingo, eat this elbow. Let's go out to Brian Finley in Los Angeles. Find out the latest. We'll come back and talk some pro wrestling. Brian, take it away. Thank you, Jason. I am fired up after hearing your talk. And the Spurs are the latest example of men not communicating properly. See, Saturday, San Antonio trailed by four under 30 seconds to go. And the players had no intent to foul. And the Nuggets cruised 90-86 and thus taking the series in seven. Mike Malone summing up the ending. Yeah, that was kind of... uh... The crazy situation, Pop was on the court trying to get them to foul. They couldn't hear him. Uh, and our fans deserve so much credit. Pop looked like he was going to sub in at the end there and go six on five. At, but the 76ers could have gone seven on five and still not been able to stop Kawhi Leonard. He had a career playoff five, 45 points, 11 rebounds. As the Raptors throttled the 76ers 108-95 on Saturday in game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals, Joel Embiid only 16 points. He might not have admit this, but Marcus Gasol has been bottling him up defensively. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. The NFL Draft wrapped up on Saturday. The last pick, also known as Mr. Irrelevant, going to UCLA's Caleb Wilson, the tight end. Now another Mr. Irrelevant, Chad Kelly, two years ago, loved what he did at Ole Miss and 
again, Jason, here's another guy who's trying to enact a redemption story. He's had a lot of off-the-field issues, but according to The Athletic, the Colts are going to sign him and give him another chance to try to resurrect a pro career. Jason Martin, back to you. Thank you, Brian. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. America does love a redemption story. They really, really do, especially with Mr. Irrelevant. And good story there from Brian Finley. All right, let's talk some pro wrestling. Let's talk some WWE. Are you ready to get your pro wrestling talk on? It's time for J-Mart to clothesline your ass. Let's get inside the ring. So, yeah, let's get inside the ring. This week, WWE stock dropped about 20 bucks a share. And people are wondering, why on earth would that be happening? Well, I'm going to tell you two things. One, I've already told you in the past, which is if you want to buy WWE stock, there is a time to do it, and then there is going to be a time to sell that is coming. Now really is not the time to sell because that stock is going to go back up. They are about to go to Saudi Arabia, and they're going to cash a big-time check there. And they're going to look the other way with the abuses that we know are going on in that country just like they did last fall. I boycotted the show, the Crown Jewel show, last fall. I've still never seen it. I will never watch it. With the Jamal Khashoggi and all the other things that were going on over there at the time, I thought it was reprehensible, but they knew what it was going to mean for the stock price and for their revenue projections. They project they're going to make a billion dollars this year. I don't necessarily believe that they're wrong. They've got a you know major Fox television deal. SmackDown's going to be on Friday nights on the big FOX, and they're going to get a ton of advertising on Thursday night football and on Saturday during college football and Fox's NFL slate on Sundays. And that's sort of the gamble that, not really a gamble, but that was the idea for Fox originally was this is going to work together. We are going to have NFL on Thursday, WWE on Friday, college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. It's all going to play well. The audience is going to like it. We can advertise around all of these products. I have stated I don't think that SmackDown is going to last on Fox. It's going to end up on FS1 at some point because the numbers that are going to be required to make it make sense in that time slot might not be there for very long. Ratings are down across the board right now for WWE. When this deal was made, WWE's numbers were a lot better than they are right now. Why has that changed? Well, the Saudi Arabia thing did lead to a lot of people canceling network subscriptions, WWE network subscriptions. But the big issue is Vince McMahon. Not him as a person, but him as a stubborn old fool that just holds on to control from a creative standpoint when he has lost touch with his audience. He is the Dave Gettleman of that industry. And he happens to be the guy in charge of all of it. He's made such bad creative decisions. It seems like they don't even know what they're doing half the time. This superstar shakeup over the past two weeks. It was supposed to be two days, first of all. They split a couple of real-life couples up, which is something they had done in the past. But this time, people didn't like it, so they moved them back. They decided they would just keep moving other people between the shows there were still some moves that were made, not even on TV this week, that were announced a couple of days ago. Dean Malenko quit. He's been an agent for 17 years with that company. We've seen Dean Ambrose leave, even though his wife is still employed. Renee Young is still employed there. 
Dean Ambrose decided he wasn't having fun, so he left. But the creative is trash. WrestleMania was a decent show because they didn't overthink it. They overthink everything. But they said in December, we're changing everything. We are listening to the fans. Not a thing has changed. Nothing. Baron Corbin's still in all these main events. He's still overexposed. The plan for July, the last I heard, is that Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin is going to be your WWE Universal Championship feud. That's going to be a pay-per-view feud, folks. And those of you who don't know, trust me, that is not a good idea. We got Bray Wyatt out here as a redesigned character, ripped from Pee Wee's Playhouse, doing some kind of, I don't know, kids' dark variety show. Either I've gotten too old for this, either I've become Danny Glover, or this is just bad. I was not a fan of the woken, broken Matt Hardy stuff, but I understood what that audience, I understood the audience it was going for. This is a leap too far for me. Even if he can pull it off, I just look at this and I'm just like, man, this is the kind of thing. The worst thing that can exist for a pop culture property is one that you're embarrassed for other people to see you watching. And there are times watching WWE where I'm embarrassed that I'm watching it myself. That's not the way this should be. This is a when this business is done right, you can suspend your disbelief. The cognitive dissonance can work, and you can just sit there and enjoy the storytelling inside the ring, as well as smart interviews between people that either have personal issues or want to prove that they're better than the other guy. So much of this has become a bad soap opera and a bad B movie. And the creative has gone completely in the toilet. And now there's a competitor in all elite wrestling. And if that competitor jumps onto a major television network, as is expected, and begins in the fall, and their product is much more in-ring focused and much more geared towards the younger audience, and I don't mean the kids, I mean the coveted demographic, then WWE is going to have to start to pay attention and make changes. The biggest change that needs to be made is Vince McMahon needs to cede control creatively to his son-in-law, Paul Levesque, better known as Triple H. Because NXT, the company that Triple H is in charge of, is on fire. Their weekly TV makes sense. It's not overthought. It's a lot more in-ring action that's done differently. And it's not the way Vince does, resetting shows nine minutes before they begin or changing things as the show is happening because he just can't seem to figure out what he wants to do. They got this superstar shakeup wrong, and this thing, they knew it was coming for, what, four or five months at least? They knew exactly when it was coming, and they still were 1,000% unprepared for it. That's why the stock's going down. But it will go back up. It will go back up because of the Saudi money, and because of the Fox deal. But if things remain this way, you want to get the stock now, perhaps? Because in a couple of years, it is not going to be through the roof based on the trajectory we are at right now. We are just not in a particularly good place despite the money that WWE is making. And the XFL, I have no idea if that's going to be a good or bad thing. It'll be good if it detracts Vince McMahon's attention away from WWE and allows for other people to actually make a couple of decisions. Chris, I know you're a wrestling fan. I'll bring you in. What do you got for me? So, I mean, I'm totally with you on when it comes to this uh, 
the soap opera angle and like I think my breaking point was really a lot was happening during WrestleMania Ronda Rousey kind of yep. breaking kayfabe five ways to Friday and I wasn't even yep. sure what was going on there but I mean a few months ago I went back and started watching some old uh, seasons of Lucha Underground when you talk about yeah. suspending disbelief like that's a show that really gets that and I get it it's a lot more well produced they they kind of play it off almost as like a TV version of Mortal Kombat the movie but at the same yep. time like I, there, there's a sp- suspension of disbelief in there that I can buy into versus I see Bray Wyatt up there who has rebooted himself about five times now. And each time it's, as you say, it just feels janky, awkward, and an eight-year-old's version of what a creepy man is supposed to be. And, exactly. Yeah. I know. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I know we have to get to break, but I'll say this about Bray Wyatt. I've always thought that this is what Bray Wyatt should have been. He should have been kind of what he was in NXT. Bray Wyatt should have been a Cajun cult leader, not a horror villain, but somebody more like a Jim Jones or a David Koresh. Somebody that did not care about winning championships. He cared about creating chaos. And if his character had been grounded in creating a cult, and I'm not talking about from a religious, but it would almost have that kind of tinge to it. If you could look at Bray Wyatt as Jim Jones instead of Jason Voorhees, I think you could have had a superstar level heel that could have been a game changer. Instead, much like a lot of WWE, you've got a friggin' joke. We'll be back to finish the hour here on the Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Finishing up hour number two, live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, the Jason Martin Show here on FSR. So there's so much to get to, and you know, when you first sit down behind the microphone, you think, all right, what am I going to do for three hours that's going to be entertaining? And then you get to this point, and you're like, man, I want to do a segment on the Avengers, and I know we're going to do Throne Talk, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about Josh Rosen and Tyreek Hill. And the NBA playoffs, and like there's more stories than there is time. That's not a bad problem to have in media. Sometimes it can be the opposite, and you're just really wondering what it is that might move the needle. Here in this final couple of minutes, Nick Bosa went number two to the 49ers. I said this on OutKick. I was in with Clay yesterday. Always appreciate that. Appreciate all your kind words. A lot of you saying, hey, it's nice to have you back. And I'm actually going to be hosting the show on Thursday and Friday this coming week as well so you'll be able to hear me a little bit more often but I was in the press conference with Nick Bosa on Thursday night when he was selected and he was asked you know the availability is about five minutes long woman in front of me I guess she was just sitting there waiting to do this because she didn't ask Kyler Murray a single question but she asked Nick Bosa not one not two but three follow-up questions after her initial question on his tweets and his support for Donald Trump I don't care whether or not he supports Donald Trump or not. He said Beyonce's music was garbage. I tend to agree, honestly. Nothing about Beyonce, just not really a fan of her music. I don't think that that uh, I'm her target audience, honestly. If I were a female, I'd probably think differently. I just can't believe that he was asked one question and then it was four about his tweet. If I could, man, social media, we could just wipe it out of existence entirely. But if you're Nick Bosa... Get off social media completely. There's nothing good that comes from it. And everybody already knows who you are. You were the number two pick in the draft. You were really good. Just just stop talking, period. Always got to let Jack White get a couple of bars in before I come in. Coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. Brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Hour number three, Jason Martin Show. I am Jay Mart 
I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. 877-996-6369. It's 877-99 on Fox. Toronto wins game one by 13-108-95. Denver, 90-86 winners. They win the series in seven in a really solid game with a crazy ending. Not really crazy, just a dumb ending. Beating the Spurs by four. Got to give Brian Finley credit because he said it was a senseless ending by the Spurs. That's what I want, honestly, in my in my update anchor and the guy that's giving Raptors. me that. I want his opinions. That's what I'm talking about. Like, you can get that basic nuts and bolts stuff on Twitter. You can get that stuff at ESPN.com, at FoxSports.com, or wherever it is, CNN.com. You can get the scores. We got an update anchor that's willing to actually use adjectives and just call the Spurs out when they got beat by four. That's what I want. I want opinions in the newsroom and everywhere else. But I want them to know, I want everybody listening to know that there are opinions. But it was fantastic. I really appreciate it. I want to talk about Seinfeld off the top of hour number three. And before you wonder what the heck I'm doing, do you remember the episode of Seinfeld where Elaine was gifted a cashmere sweater from George Costanza? And, of course, it's expensive because it's cashmere, but he was able to get it on a ridiculous deal because it had a red dot on it. And the whole episode was some, was trying to find somebody that was okay being gifted this same sweater that had a red dot on it. It was it was a damaged item. You've, you've seen these things in various stores where, uh, you know, maybe there's a small tear here. You know, you get something on eBay and they're like, hey, there's a stain on the back of it or something like that, but you can get it for 10 bucks as opposed to 300 So, of course, George knew when he bought it that he was buying a imperfect item. But he thought, eh, it's not that big a spot. I'll get it for it anyway. Of course, it becomes a big thing. The Kansas City Chiefs have lost a second player, a second dynamic player. This guy, one of the fastest guys in the history of the league, almost uncoverable. They had already lost Kareem Hunt. They had to release him. Now he's with the Cleveland Browns with the general manager that drafted him, John Dorsey. And now Tyreek Hill is never going to be able to play for that franchise again. They've suspended him from all team activities because of the audio recording that came out a couple of hours before the NFL draft where he talked about the way, well, he and his fiance, who also happens to be the woman that he attacked assaulted and choked for over a minute at a time back when he was in college. He got him kicked out of Oklahoma State. And so that was his first strike. And then you hear, oh, he's doing all the right things, and then this happens. And the audio is heinous, and we don't need to go back through it, and I'm not going to play the excerpts or whatever. You've heard the story. If you haven't, you can find the story. It's bad news. Tyreek Hill can't ever play for the Kansas City Chiefs again. But because he's 25 and because his skill set is what it is, there are those that believe he will get another chance to play in the NFL. And then you hear the argument, well, don't you feel bad for the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs have lost now Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill? The problem is that the and you think about, yeah, they lost Tyreek Hill, but Tyreek Hill was a fifth-round pick that ran, I think, a 4-2-5-40 in a combine. That's just, they nicknamed him Cheetah in college, where he ended up. I think it was at West Alabama, 
University of West Alabama after the Oklahoma State thing and getting booted out. You got him in the fifth round. That dude's probably a first-round draft pick. But you get him in the fifth round because of the baggage. And that's why I made the Seinfeld reference. Because Tyreek Hill is the cashmere sweater with the red dot on it. It's a possibility no one ever notices that red dot. And it's small enough that you just got yourself a total steal. And then there's a possibility everyone notices it and you can't even wear it anymore. So the Chiefs took the risk. And they said, you know what? Hopefully his problems are behind him. That dude's really talented. We're going to sell this to our franchise. And look, it took, a, it took a while to sell it to the city. There are numerous articles that you can find even now from like the Kansas City Star and Post-Dispatch and, and a lot of the bigger media outlets in that community during the time where they had to explain over and over again. And John Dorsey had to explain his decision-making at the time and why he did what he did. But they took a risk. And it didn't pay off. And so now, Patrick Mahomes is on the front of Madden. He doesn't have the running back that he's used to. And he doesn't have his most dynamic weapon along with Travis Kelsey in Tyreek Hill. And he will never have him again. And I'll go on record and say this right now. The NFL should ban Tyreek Hill forever from ever playing football again. Because you have to set some kind of a standard for what's acceptable and not acceptable. He had an incident in his past. And then you heard he did community service. He did a lot of charity work. He went to all the court-mandated counseling. He said such glowing things about Crystal and about his son. He seemed to have... And you read reports. Look, he's become... Seemingly a model guy, an example for others to follow. I even think that John Dorsey used that as a rationale for why Kareem Hunt was brought back in. But the Kareem Hunt thing is nowhere near as bad as the Tyreek Hill thing. And think about this. The audio that we heard from Tyreek Hill was more gross and hard to take than watching a video of Kareem Hunt actually hit a woman and shove a woman down. How bad does an audio file have to be to actually be worse than video in that genre? This was indefensible, reprehensible, and Tyreek Hill needs help, and he doesn't need that help to come as a member of an NFL team. He will get a second chance in life, and he can be forgiven, but he's got deep-seated issues. And I don't know what NFL franchise could sell to their fan base, Tyreek Hill being a part of that organization. I could see boycotts from various organizations, and there will be some, and there were some, as a matter of fact, that replied to my tweets at Zone over the past few days and would say, oh, you know, this audio could have been doctored. This was an 11-minute audio file, first of all. Past that... I don't know why you're defending this. Once this is revealed to be Tyreek Hill, once it is clear as day that this audio is what it was, and the fact that Crystal actually recorded it shows that she probably was frightened. As he says in the audio file, she should have been where she needs to be. And then he called her an ugly name and said that's why she can't keep a man. 
this dude, I'm not going to call him a psychopath. I'm not going to call him a sociopath. I'm going to call him a very troubled person and a person in need of something that football is not going to be able to give him. But you can't put him back on the football field. You just can't. And this is where Goodell, and I know they, they're not an investigative arm, but they're not going to have to be. DA's reopening investigation, this is the evidence that he didn't have the day before the audio was released. But this guy, I hope that he is able to come back from this, but he went through the process before and it didn't work. Sometimes addicts go to rehab and then fall right back into the old problems. Sometimes they don't. And I still hope that there is some redemption out there for Tyreek Hill in life. You hope that for anybody. But that doesn't mean he should play football again. It is a privilege to make the money that he makes and do what he did for a living. And I say did in the past tense because I hope it's a wrap for him. It's a privilege and it comes with a certain set of responsibilities. And this can't be a, okay, you get one more chance kind of move by the NFL. You cannot tell the rest of your league that this is something that you can actually come back from, stay in the league, and then maybe if you keep it clean the next time, you'll be okay. No, you can't do that. As an NFL, as an executive, as somebody that works for that league, it's got to be more cut and dry than that. It's got to be more black and white than that. It's got to be yes and no. This is not acceptable. This is not okay on any level. This isn't something that you need to learn not to do. It was bad enough that he punched his pregnant wife in the stomach while she was pregnant and choked her for over a minute. This according to her words. And keep in mind that the stomach that he punched contained the son that he also has been abusing. A three-year-old whose arm was broken, who he punched in the chest to discipline when he cried. I know that some people grow up in different circumstances and they experience different parenting as a child and that there are different methods to parenting. Ain't no method that you're punching a kid in the chest or doing whatever violence is necessary to break a child's arm or to use a belt on him, which was also in that clip. And then to turn around when the woman in this situation says he is terrified of you and his response to that, him being Tyreek Hill, his response to that is, you need to be terrified of me too. Five-letter word, female dog. That's why you can't ever keep a man. That dude can't play in the NFL anymore. That dude can't work for you anymore. That dude cannot be a celebrity in your league anymore. He can't represent your community anymore. That dude has given up the privilege and the honor to do so. Doesn't mean that he should not get some kind of a chance in life. But he went through the process and it failed. I don't know what the next process needs to be. I don't know if it needs to involve losing his freedom. I don't know all of the circumstances here. I don't know how this will all finish up. I pray for Tyreek Hill. 
I pray that he finds redemption in the right place, grows from what has become just a monstrous mind that has taken him down a dark, dark path. I don't know if he's ever going to to come back from it. I hope that he does, but he can't ever play football again. He should be banned right now, forever, as soon as that audio is authenticated. Once we know that's Tyreek Hill, that needs to be the end of Tyreek Hill in the NFL. And that's a dude with Hall of Fame talent that could not get out of his own way. And all the touchdowns that he scored and all the catches that he made and all the points that he helped put on the board for the Kansas City Chiefs. All the numbers that he put up. The only number I care about is three. That's the age of the sun that he abused. And the other number I care about is two. And that is another incident in Tyreek Hill's life after the first one apparently wasn't a good enough learning uh, was not a good enough lesson to to have learned. This time, I just hope he gets help. But it can't be in the NFL. Goodell, get this one right. We'll be right back. We we're going to talk some Game of Thrones. There's not really a great way to segue out of this. I also want to talk about the Avengers, and I want to talk about Josh Rosen. 877-996-6369. on Fox. He should be banned, folks. We'll be right back on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, Jason Martin Show here on FSR. Glad to have you with us. I'm blessed beyond measure. I hope you recognize that you are as well. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there, 877-996-6369. If you want to join the program next segment, we will talk some Game of Thrones. Biggest episode, maybe in the history of the show, which makes it one of the biggest shows in the history of television. It's also the longest episode of this final season, an hour and 22 minutes. We will talk about it here coming up. Do we still have that call on the line? The one to talk about? All right, let's go to that call. I don't have it in front of me. But we're going to take a call here. Somebody wanted to call. Curtis and Indy wants to uh, discuss Tyreek Hill, I believe. Curtis, thanks for waiting through the break. How are you? Uh, Doing great, Jason. My question regarding Tyreek Hill is, what is the Players Association role going to be in his defense in getting him back into the league. I don't expect him to play for Kansas City, obviously, again. But, you know, once again, he's a guy that has talent and can play. Now, it may very well be someone that Roger Goodell and the higher-ups don't want to see back in the league, a la Colin Kaepernick. But what can, can the Players Association ever just sit one out and go, eh, I don't want to go to bat for you, Tyreek Hill. I don't want to do that. What is their role going to be? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, have a great weekend. Fear the deer. Appreciate it. So, the NFLPA back in 2014 tried to file an appeal on behalf of Adrian Peterson. Remember Adrian Peterson and his discipline the way he disciplined his son, he talked about the branch and all of those things. The CBA, Article 46, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, Roger Goodell has the right to be the arbitrator for NFL appeals. And in this particular case, I'm reading this from a Kansas City Star, he assigned a former NFL executive to arbitrate the appeal. 
After evaluating that appeal, the arbitrator upheld the six-game suspension because authority given to Goodell in that article, in Article 46, allows him to punish players as he deems necessary. It was challenged by the union, by the PA. It was a pretty substantial court battle that ended in 2016, almost two years later. And the Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit ruled that the punishment was determined by plausibly following the guidelines in the CBA, which then gave Goodell more power to punish players. And then the appeals court's ruling in the Ezekiel Elliott case further strengthened that power. So the NFL, as of now, has not commented, but the expectation is what they can do is They can take action even if there are not legal charges brought. And I think at this point with the audio, it's going to be hard for there not to be. But Goodell can take action against Hill for what's called, quote, conduct detrimental to the integrity of or public confidence in the game of professional football, unquote. I would say that that is certainly applicable in this case. The better question is, would the NFLPA actually just sit this one out and say, this is not a guy we're going to go to bat for? I do not know the answer to that question. I don't know if it is as simple as it sounds, because it feels like if I were in charge of the NFLPA, I would put my hands behind my back and say, nah, you're on your own on this one, pal. I would find it almost impossible to try and defend Tyreek Hill in this situation. I know he's 25. I know he's still very young. And I know all the talent that he has. But can you imagine the optics of the Players Association going to bat for this guy after the audio that we heard, if indeed it's fully authenticated? And obviously if charges are brought up, then that's going to change things even further. But I can't imagine that the Players Association is going to try to go to war with Roger Goodell to try and get Tyree Kill back into the league after whatever punishment is levied. And this involves a minor. And it just sounds so heinous and hard to even deal with. I don't even have a child. I'm hoping that that changes within the next couple of years. I can't even imagine what that feels like for a parent hearing that story or hearing that audio. And, you know, Tyree Kill put out a statement and talked about how he loves and supports his family and his son's health and happiness is his number one priority. I don't know what I'm supposed to even say to that. All I know is, if this was the first strike against Tyree Kill, I could see the NFL PA maybe going to bat for him. But it's the second, guys. And the first one was real bad, too. And he went through what he needed to go through, one would think, to overcome that problem and then this is the audio that comes out I don't know what I just don't know what the benefit becomes in that case let's take one more caller I think he might disagree with me out in Anaheim California Mark is in Anaheim Mark what say you tonight yeah, I, I completely disagree with you. I think it's a ridiculous statement. First off, when I hear the statement, the privilege is not right. They earned that right with their own hard work and skill set to get into the league. So nothing was handed to them. So whenever I hear that statement, and then as far as uh, Hill, I know he had a previous uh, incident out of college, but I, I think once you go through the legal process, 
and serve whatever punishment he should be able to uh, get to to work. So if if he gets uh, say no charges or he goes through the due process and he gets a whatever suspension, uh, I expect the NFL uh, Players Association to to fight for him regardless of optics. They don't really care what the outside perception of the public is their job is to uh, protect their their players and regardless how you feel about whatever situation they did they will do so but i think as for as far as he will to say the guy should be banned from the league i think is a is a ridiculous comment because well, wait 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 ryan or wait mark why yeah. is it a ridiculous statement he should be banned this is about as because, heinous as it gets man because when you once you go through the what through you once you go through the legal process or whatever due process you go through and you're a free guy available work, you should be able to. And if a if an owner or a franchise wants to sign you, they should be able to. So if 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 the Chiefs end up get, uh, getting rid of them, you're not only impacting that franchise, uh, you're 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 affecting that their future of the franchise, as you saw with uh, with uh, Hunt. So this situation will be worse because Mahomes. You're losing your your best players, so you're you're impacting that. But they're going to lose him. Franchise. He can never play. He's never going to play there again. I appreciate your call, I Mark. That, but but you, I appreciate your call. There. No, I, he's never going to play there again. He can't. Kansas City already had the Jovan Belcher incident. They've had the Kareem Hunt situation. This one's ten times worse than the Kareem Hunt situation. They also just brought in Frank Clark, who has red flags out of Seattle. I don't. It's not ridiculous to say that you banned this guy. If this was one isolated incident, that'd be one thing. But he's already screwed up once, and this and screwing up is not really fair. It's not even close to what he did. All he, all that caller, all Mark just kept telling me was, "It's a ridiculous statement. It's a ridiculous statement. They don't care about optics. He's he's paid his time. Blah blah blah. It is a privilege to play in the NFL because just because you have skill doesn't necessarily mean that." you for sure deserve to be in the NFL. And the NFL is a place where you can make a tremendous living. And it's not your right to play there just because you're great. Because you do have a responsibility. You're not a dude working in a cubicle in a company where your face is not is plastered on billboards and you're supposed to be a role model. You're not a role model if you're Kevin at Dunder Mifflin. But when you're a superstar wide receiver for an NFL franchise, one of 32 billion dollar enterprises, that does reflect on the integrity of the league and the public face of the league. And Tyreek Hill, it is a privilege. Sure, he earned it. I'm not saying he didn't earn it. I'm saying you can earn it and you can also earn your way right the hell out of it. And that's what Tyreek Hill did. Maybe the NFLPA does go to bat for him. I don't know. If there was ever a case that I have seen where you could see them maybe not going full-throated defense of somebody, it would be here. Maybe that's not their job. But Roger Goodell absolutely can say, I don't want that guy in my league It doesn't mean he doesn't have a chance to go make a living somewhere. He has a right to go earn a living. But he doesn't have a right to play in the NFL just because he got through the legal process. Get out of here with that. Let's go out to Brian Finley out in Los Angeles. We'll come back and talk about some Game of Thrones. Nice call, Mark. I do appreciate it. Like I said, you can disagree with me, but you're flat out wrong. Brian, go ahead. Thank you so much, Jason. You know, the way the Spurs finished Saturday, it kind of reminds us of 
the fact that some of the greatest basketball players on earth can make some of the most juvenile of mistakes. San Antonio trailed by four with about 30 seconds left and decided not to foul, enabling the Nuggets to win by four, 90-86, and take the series in seven. Greg Popovich, always so blunt with the media, was asked about that finish. Appeared as though you were calling loudly for a foul at the end. What happened there? Was there a miscommunication? Well, obviously, he didn't hear anybody because he didn't foul. And obviously, if Pop still had Kawhi Leonard on his roster, maybe the Spurs would have won and they would not have been in that situation. Leonard had a career playoff high, 45 points, 11 rebounds, as the Raptors wreck the 76ers 108-95 on Saturday in Game 1 of their Eastern Conference semifinals matchup. Even Magic Johnson went on Twitter to applaud Leonard's night, and Johnson able to do that now, which is one of the many perks of not being the Lakers' president of basketball operations. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Jason wanted to bring up this point from the Spurs game. You know, we look at athletes, we glorify them as pros, but at the end of the day, they're human, right? They all make mistakes. Yeah. But it was just a little alarming to me, right? We're watching the end of that game. And for all five players to not realize that they need a foul, yeah. and then to have Greg Popovich on the court at the same time shouting to his guys to foul, you're telling me not one of them, any of the San Antonio players, heard Pop or decided to foul. It just doesn't add up to me, and I just think it's something to note as we kind of dive into the ending of that one. Yeah, I think you make a lot of sense, Brian. I, I just don't think you even need to look at Popovich to tell you to foul. You have to know to foul. You're down four with less than 30 seconds left. If you don't get a steal, you've got a foul. I knew that when I was in third grade. These are <laughs> yeah. NBA players, and they generally know it as well. I don't know what happened. You called it a brain fart off the top of the hour. Might be the first time that that word has ever been used <laughs> in the middle of a news update, which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, like LaMarcus Aldridge has to know to foul. And if not him, then somebody else wearing a silver jersey has to run up and do it for him. And no one did. And so the Spurs ain't going to be doing much of anything except heading to Cancun. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right. Avengers Endgame we'll talk about here in a little bit in the final segment of the program. I don't know. I, I wanted to ask this poll question. I never did it. I wanted to say, how do you like your Starks? Tony or Westeros? Winterfell. Well, Battle of Winterfell is coming up. Let's do some Thrones talk here. As this one hour and 22 minute behemoth episode, the longest, the longest episode of this final season, is going to happen tonight. And this is the one directed by same guy behind Hardhome, same guy behind the Battle of the Bastards, this is going to be as big a spectacle on TV as we have ever seen. And so let me lay out a prediction, and then I'll bring in uh, Ryan Bershinger to throw some things at me as well and to speak. I, I tweeted this out. We haven't seen a lot in the first two episodes. They're trying to backload this thing to make sure your lasting impression is the final one, and that's the one you always remember. Things are going to change tonight on this show because we're going to see some deaths, maybe earlier than expected. And the one that I tweeted out is the one that I truly believe is going to happen. In episode two, 
we spent so much time with Jamie Lannister fighting, you know, to to be able to fight on the side of Winterfell, trying to just convince Daenerys Targaryen. And I'm Targaryen. Yes, yes. Daenerys Targaryen trying to convince Targaryen. Yes, trying to convince her that he had changed. Dealing with Bran, trying to apologize, and Bran kind of saying it's okay. Tyrion going to bat for him. Knighting Brienne. All of these things are redemption moments for Jaime Lannister. Where he had kind of come to grips with who he was. But that he was, he was a changed guy. And he was ready to fight. And he was ready to fight for Winterfell and do the right thing. We saw his redemption and we saw him so much on camera. That Jaime Lannister is going to die. And he's probably going to die defending one of two people. Brienne, I think, is number two on the list. The most likely one is the one that makes the most sense from a this has come full circle. What's the first thing we knew about Jamie Lannister? Other than the fact that he slept with his sister. He tried to murder Bran Stark. So what better way for a full redemption for Jamie Lannister than to die saving Bran Stark's life? That is my prediction for one of the key deaths. We spent so much time with that character, it was like we were saying goodbye to him before his final moment. We were given a chance to kind of like Jamie Lannister in a new way, and we saw so much of him, he's going to die From tonight. the Fox Sports Ryan. Studios in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Um, damn. Uh, I, I, that thought has not crossed my mind yet, of, of Jamie dying defending Bran. That's... Uh, that would be awesome, actually. That's that's the, I, I like that a lot. Um, I hope also Nikolai Kovsar Wildell gets a gets a an Emmy nomination for this season. He's been tremendous. Of, yeah, just to like recognize his entire work uh, uh, yes. on the show. He's he's incredible. Um, a couple things that I think stood out from the last episode that we need to keep in mind for this one. Um, one, they mentioned the Crips a lot. And uh, we have seen the Night King himself just kind of raise his arms and raise the dead. Ah. Um, so something to watch out for would be somebody potentially getting close to the crypts and then raising the dead from the crypts. And then suddenly all of those that they're trying to keep the safest, uh, they're done for. They're gone. You've got I, I know Gilly is down there. Um, yep. There's a, a, I believe it's Tyrion. I, I don't know. It's yeah, but basically, yeah, Tyrion was asked to be down yes. there. Um, so that's that's going to be intense. But it might not be the Night King himself because did you notice that at the very end of the episode, they didn't show the Night King. They just no, they showed the not. other White Walkers. He was not there, so we don't know. And and there's a a common theory right now that he might just be going straight to King's Landing with his dragon. Um, and he might just, be and just uh, bombarding King, King's Landing on his own, which he is more than capable of doing, because as we've seen, the big crossbow uh, isn't exactly the greatest line of defense for these dragons. So um, that's something to, to look out for. But uh, overall, I, I I do see I think Jamie dying this episode makes a lot of sense, um, but I, I still feel like he's got to see Cer- Cersei one more time. That's the only thing that yeah. makes me hesitate is that he that he needs to be there for Cersei. I just wonder why we spent so much time with him in the mm. episode before this big battle where he wants to go on the front lines and kind of 
defend people that he used to just think were way beneath him. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's setting up for him to be a just to sacrifice his life for people that he would not have spit on mm-hmm. five or six years ago and to become kind of this ultimate redemption story and somebody that you actually feel for in the end. Yeah. No, that's that's definitely true because we kind of saw everything really wrap up for him and, and getting the full redemption in this last episode. So I could I could absolutely see that. I think if I'm going to go off the wall for like the biggest death maybe in this episode, it might be Sansa um, because mm. I, I feel like she's she's got a good amount of completion in her storyline um i i I think that most of the major characters are still safe for a few more um i think a lot of the sort of b-level characters are going to be gone in this one um i I could definitely see brianne dying trying to defend jamie in some sort of way yeah um uh gendry possibly um well here's here's one thing mm. what if horror movies told us if nothing else that Arya Stark is going to die. <laughs> right. right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because see, Arya Stark exactly had sex. Saying. Yeah. Yeah. So she's done for. I, I think she's too important to the story. But yeah. when I first saw that, I was like, oh, she's dead. Here comes Michael Myers. <laughs> no, that's that's a good point. That's that's true. And, I, and I'm glad that. You know that I yeah what I I was I was very proud of her in that episode too uh, to 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 be able to to embrace that moment with Gendry I thought that was cool even though it's it is kind of weird watching this girl grow up for years and then uh, being privy to that sort of moment but um, I think your crypt point is very good somebody yeah. tweeted me yesterday and said that they think that the crypt is going to be worse than the red wedding that it's basically yeah. just going to lock these people into their own demise. Yeah. And then I was thinking about Gilly. I'm just like, man, has not enough happened to Sam? Right. That we need to do this to him. We already he already found out what he found out from Daenerys Targaryen <laughs> last <laughs> week. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know RJ Bell. I've never met him before and he probably already hates my guts. <laughs> oh god. It will never get old. That's too good. No, it won't. It's going to be such a good episode. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be, from a visual standpoint, the money involved and the budget involved and what we're going to see is it's just outrageous. Another thing, I think we're all starting to figure out what I've thought for a long time, which is Daenerys Targaryen Targaryen? Yeah. Yeah. I hate that character. And I'm waiting for her to reveal her true colors, which is going to be... I want to be on the Iron Throne more than anything else, so I'm going to try and kill Jon Snow now that I know what I know. Yeah, and also I'm waiting for that. Just how like unfazed she was that she was in love with somebody who is related to her. Yeah, like, like the- didn't even care. <laughs> she just cared about what it meant for the. That's a Targaryen for you, Targaryen. I just had to set it up one more time. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. I I know she's not going to end up on the Iron Throne in the end. I can tell you that right now. I don't know. We've kind of speculated, and we'll continue to speculate. I think that we're going to see multiple major deaths in this show. In tomorrow's, or in tonight's episode, I guess. Time is a flat circle at this point for me. But an hour and 22 minutes, and we know a lot of it is going to be action. This is going to be one for the annals. This will be one of those that is going to be talked about for a very, very long time in TV circles and in TV parlance. And I can't wait. I absolutely can't wait. I can't even answer my own question. How do I like my Starks, Winterfell, or Tony? Actually, I can. Tony. 
I'm a comic book guy more than a medieval guy, but Game of Thrones has certainly captivated me like it's captivated the 18 to 19 million other people that are watching it every week. I can't wait to see the ratings numbers on tonight's show. When we come back, we will finish up and we will talk about Endgame. We will not spoil it for you, but we got to talk about it a little bit on the way out the door because, folks, I'm not okay after watching this thing twice. My emotions have gotten the better of me. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. And that's just because I actually have a soul. We'll be right back to finish up the show. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Tara Gara Ryan? <laughs> Final segment early on a Sunday morning. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios to Jason Martin Show. I am Jay Mart, 87799 on Fox. How you join us? It's how you'll be able to join Andy Furman and Brian No, They will be up there in the on-deck circle. Love those guys. They will wake you up, too. Andy Furman is going to yell at you off the top of the hour in a way only Andy Furman can, and it's going to be like a rooster crowing. It's just going to wake you up right on a Sunday, and then I bet you they're going to talk a whole lot of NBA right off the start, plus the draft. Those guys go straight up rapid fire on that show. I enjoy it a lot. Not exactly the same thing that I do, but I think it's good to have a little bit of variety in your sports talk across the network. FSR is just so talented and everybody does it a little bit differently. So hopefully I set the stage for you and then those guys, like I said, Andy Furman is going to wake you up in about 10 minutes. Let's talk about Avengers Endgame because I wrote about it. By the way, you can read my stuff at 1045thezone.com slash big6blog. And I used to write, obviously, for Outkick to Coverage. I've been a pop culture writer for, I don't know, six years, somewhere in that neighborhood now. I went and screened Avengers on Tuesday, and then I watched it again yesterday in a, one of the few Dolby screens that exist around the country. And, man, that was amazing. Like, your chair shaking because of the, the volume and all of those things. I'm not going to spoil it for you because a lot of you probably still haven't had a chance to see it, what with the NFL draft and NBA playoffs and just a lot of things going on in your lives. You need to go see this. It's as good a piece of fan service as you'll get in terms of rewarding you for being on this ride with the Marvel Cinematic Universe since 2008 when Iron Man hit, the first Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. honestly changed it all. Like, The Dark Knight is a totally different thing. Christopher Nolan and Batman Begins in 2005, and then The Dark Knight, which should have won Best Picture. Not just Heath Ledger's Best Supporting Actor posthumously, but the film should have been Best Picture. It's the best movie I've ever seen. Along with Back to the Future, it's my favorite film. And I had a list of the Marvel films that I liked the best. And it always started with the second Captain America film, The Winter Soldier, the original Guardians of the Galaxy, the original Avengers is awfully good. By far the most surprising is Thor Ragnarok, which is tremendous. It's also incredibly funny, and it's just a totally different take, but it's so good. And then Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse would be there, but it's not part of. It's not classified as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thought it was one of the best five films of last year, and just absolutely loved it. Spider-Man Homecoming was very good. Black Panther's awesome, too, which many of you already know. So how was Avengers Endgame? Well, they saved the best for, well, last or, or last at least of this kind of story, this particular story. This thing's an A-plus, folks. It's three hours and two minutes, and the final hour is why you love movies. It wraps things up in such a beautiful way that not only was there applause with all the critics at the end of the screening, 
but during the middle of the credits, there was more applause. And I've never seen a film in which the title cards for the actors during the closing credits was one of my favorite things about a movie that was that good. This thing is stellar. Absolutely stellar. And you will understand what I'm saying. Stick through the midway point of the credits, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about as you see it. So well handled. Just absolutely fantastic. This thing is as good as it gets, folks. If you have watched these films, if you love these superhero films, or if you just love great movies, you owe it to yourself to see this. You know what else you owe it to yourself to do? To stick around for Fox Sports Sunday. Brian No, Andy Furman. They're going to be bringing the heat next. I'll see you next week. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.